Well, here we are at the start of 2021. I want to add my Happy New Year to you all. Uh, we're in part two of a two-part series. Last week, the focus was on end well. Today, I want to look at how to start this new year strong. And in particular, I want to focus on a quality or a characteristic that I believe it's vital that we develop, not just for the next few months or for the rest of this year, but actually for the rest of our lives. And that quality is endurance. Now, talking of endurance, I undertook a major endurance test in the summer of 2017. I decided to walk the West Highland Way. Now, up until then, uh, my average kind of walks uh, locally were about three to four miles a day around the flatlands of the fence. And so I got a bit of a shock when I actually started walking the West Highland Way. I thought I was ready <laughs> Uh, but actually, I started realising, number one, that the days were, were really quite long, averaging between about 8 and 18 miles a day. Even worse, the terrain was a lot more rugged. Uh, sometimes it felt like I was more scrambling than walking. And then, of course, it wasn't flat. There were hills. To a Fenlander, they seemed more like mountains. And worst of all, on day one, in fact, within the first hour my uh, walking boots started rubbing. I ended up with massive blisters on the back of my heels. And so for the next seven days or so, I was walking in some pain. Um, you know, can I have a big R from wherever you're watching? No, but seriously, I don't regret doing the walk. You know, there was some beautiful highlights, some stunning scenery. I had a great time with the Lord, lots of time to think and pray and contemplate. But I want to tell you, it was incredibly tough. I had to learn endurance. Now, I don't make you, but as I look back at this whole pandemic season, it's felt um, something like an endurance test. You know, when we set out in March, I think many of us thought it's going to be a sprint, maybe a few weeks or a short term uh, jog, uh, a few months. But here we are in January 2021 and it's still going. In other words, it's been an endurance test. It's been more like a marathon. Well, the writer to the Hebrews was writing to a group of first century Christians. They were actually facing something that in many ways was worse than a pandemic. They were facing persecution and they were getting weary and some of them were in danger of quitting and giving up. And so the writer of the Hebrews is writing to encourage them to keep on going. And there's a particular key passage that I want to focus on today. Wonderful little passage in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Let me read it to you. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Notice there the word endurance called to us. And then twice the word endured, same root word, uh, talking about the example of Jesus. And the metaphor, the picture here, is of us involved in a long distance race. In other words, a marathon. It was a, 
a picture from the ancient Olympics. It was the long, uh, the, the long foot race. And the idea here, here is that there's a whole bunch of people who've already run their race. If you look back in Hebrews 11, we'll see a whole bunch of them. Abraham, Moses, a whole bunch of them. And the idea is that they've run their race. They've sat down. And then through their lives, they're speaking to us, say, if you like, it's your turn now. Can I say that God has designed for us to be born, to be alive, uh, to be called by him in such a time as this? And it's a call as we need to take the baton and we need to run our race well, including in these tough times that we are facing. And the key quality we need, just as they needed then, is this quality of endurance. Now, what does endurance mean? Well, one definition is the power to withstand hardship or distress. I don't know about you, but there's been times over my life and, you know, even in the last few months where I've needed the power to withstand hardship, hardship or distress. So the question is, how are we to cultivate this attitude of endurance? How are we to run the race of our lives with endurance? Three things. Firstly, it's a call to get free. Secondly, it's a call to keep going. Thirdly, it's a call to stay focused. Firstly, um, if we are to run our race with endurance, we need to get free. Now, I've never run a physical marathon, and I have no plans to do so. It sounds in, uh, incredibly painful. But if I was to run a marathon, do you know what I'd need to do? I'd need to get as fit as possible, and I need to make sure that when I actually undertake that 26-mile race, I'm actually running as light as possible. Um, here's two pictures of guys who ran the London Marathon. Any, any uh, clues as to who ran the fastest race? Well, the first guy that you'll see running light holds the record, uh, record time. Isn't this? This is scarily fast. Two hours, two minutes and 37 seconds. The other guy holds the record for the slowest London Marathon ever, Five days, eight hours, 29 minutes and 46 seconds, which he completed whilst wearing a 59-kilogram antique deep-sea diving suit. <laughs> Not a good way to run the London Marathon. And what the writer of the Hebrews is saying, I believe the Holy Spirit would say to us today, is that just as runners, when they run a race or run a marathon, need to get, as, as it were, as fit as possible, but also to run light, so if you and I are going to run the race of, of our lives well and reach the finish line, um, we need to make sure we're, as it were, spiritually fit and free as possible. The language here used is very vivid. It first says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down and especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So as well as the runner needing to get spiritually fit, the idea here is that in the ancient world, um, the guys would wear these long robes. And of course, um, rather than you know, running with these robes on, they literally, the runners had to strip off. And in some cases, they, they ran naked. I'm glad uh, we don't do that today. But the idea is that what, at all costs, don't let anything weigh you down and don't let that robe be on you because it will trip you up. Well, here we are at the start of a new year with all the opportunities and also the challenges of the current season. I believe it's a wonderful time for us to reassess and just check that we are ready 
for all that lies ahead, that we're as free and spiritually fit as possible. Let, let me talk about these two things, weights and sins. Firstly, weights. Now, weight is not necessarily a sin. In other words, it can be something that's lawful, but it's not actually beneficial. You know, there are certain things that you and I could do or say or focus on or get uh, preoccupied with, but aren't actually bad. They're not actually sinful, but they're not beneficial. They will actually stop me or slow me down or slow you down in running the race that God has called you to. So my question to you is, what is weighing you down right now? If you were to carry on holding those things, what would they be? What would they do to you in, in causing you to slow down this year? A few, a few suggestions. Maybe it may be uh, overchecking newsfeed. Newsfeed. It may be comparing yourself with others on social media. It may be you're over worrying about your future. Maybe you're overthinking or talking about a difficult work or financial or relational situation. Things that are actually weighing you down. And then there are, of course, sins. <laughs> things that are wrong. Things that are obviously sinful against God's will, against his word, against his commands. There are things that in word or thought or deed were actually falling short of God's standards. And, of course, some sins can be overt. They can be obvious. They can be out there. But also... There can be secret sins, and maybe in, in the season we're in where there's been so much isolation, so much time online, maybe uh, there's been some secret sins that you've either been getting involved in or you've been opening the door to or you've been tempted. Can I say, now's the time to shut the door to those sins, to close the door, to say once and for all, I, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I turn away. I repent. I shut the door to that sin because I want to run free. Now's the time start of a new year to get free. And the good news is at the end of this service, in, when we take communion, I'm going to give you an opportunity where we can come before Jesus, come to the throne of grace, ask him to forgive us and free us, to get rid of weights and sins. And then, as you heard earlier, you know, we've got this fantastic opportunity to get spiritually free to run as light as possible. We've got a week of prayer and fasting. You know, there's many amazing benefits of prayer and fasting. One of the I've experienced over many, many years of, you know, decades of prayer and fasting is that sometimes if I'm carrying stuff or I'm troubled by stuff or I just don't seem to be getting a breakthrough, there's something about seeking the Lord in prayer and with fasting that means I often come away um, with that sense of freedom and that sense of breakthrough. So think about how you're going to fast Sign up for the 24-7 prayer slots and let's enter the rest of this year as free as we possibly can. So that's the first thing, get free. Secondly, um, if we're to run our race with endurance, it's a call to keep going, keep going. Now, marathon runners, you probably heard this, often come to the point, in a, a certain point in the race, often around the 20-mile mark where they hit the wall. In other words, they come to a point where often first mentally and then physically, they feel like they just can't keep going. Now, I hit the wall on around day four of my West Highland Way walk. I, was, I got up in the morning and I set out on a 12-mile walk across a place called Rannock Moor. Now, you know, when the sun's shining, it looks beautiful, but when it isn't, it is so bleak. 
I mean, I'm say there's no no one lives there. <laughs> there's no kind of stop stop off points. Even the sheep don't seem to like <laughs> uh, like that place. It's so bleak. And what was worse, that no sooner as I set out, the rain started chucking it down. Not just this way, but literally driving rain right into my face. And within about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, I soon discovered that my supposedly uh, waterproof coat was actually very porous. And so I spent, must have been four or five hours, literally soaking wet. Um, And of course, the blisters were getting worse and worse. Uh, You know, this really is a sob story, I know. And all I had to do was just literally to keep going. I had to literally, because it were just keep going forward, step by step, step by painful step. Now, as I look back at my life, and if you look right now at your life, you know, maybe even the last few months, maybe even right now, there are times that we come to when we hit the wall and the exhortation of the word of God and the Holy Spirit is, don't stop, don't quit, keep on going, keep moving step by step. Hence the exhortation at the core of this passage, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. In other words, God knows that sometimes life gets tough. The word for race there, the root word is agone, from which we get our word agony, or or speaking about a contest or a struggle. And there's something often challenging about life. We have to recognize that. We have to be mentally prepared. Sometimes life is tough. But if we keep going, keep moving forward, we're going to make it all the way. And the good news is, is that as we press through quitting points or uh, as we break through a wall mentally or emotionally or physically and we keep moving forward with Jesus, the good news is we don't just get the other side but we develop a quality that psychologists actually um, celebrate, which is vital for human survival and flourishing, which is resilience. In other words, sometimes we come through the other side of a tough season and we think, cool, in one way, I'd much rather have not gone through it. But if we'll learn the lessons well, we can come out with greater resilience and strength. The reality is sometimes we get to a point where it feels like life is so tough and so challenging, we don't know whether we've got that endurance or resilience. Well, that's where we need other people. You see, one of the things that made my walk harder was that I did it on my own. I intentionally did it on my own, and there were some good sides to that. But actually, if I'd had a companion, if I'd had a, a, a group around me, it would have been much, much easier. I'd have had people to laugh with, <laughs> to cry with in the rain, to sympathise about my blisters. Uh, We'd have spurred one another on. I did that walk alone. But can I say, we mustn't do life alone. We mustn't try and run life's race alone. We mustn't try and walk this marathon uh, alone. And the good news is the Christian life isn't an individual race. If you look at the verse there, it talks about, uh, let us the race marked out for us. The writer is not addressing just individuals, as it were, competing against others. No, it's almost like a community race. We're to run together with others. The writer of the Hebrews, uh, again in, verse, in chapter 10, verse 23 to 25, talks about almost like a community running race. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging 
one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The point is very clear. If we're to keep going and not quit, we mustn't try and run and do life alone. We must keep spurring one another on, keep meeting together as we look ahead to the final day. So let me encourage you uh, to start this year strong by making sure you're properly connected with others, particularly in the context of Christian community. And as we're starting the well-being journey in a couple of weeks' time, this is a fantastic opportunity to get in a well-being group, to get in a life group if you're not part of one, or to reconnect to one. You know, one of the keys to an increase of well-being in our lives is that we, uh, we have others around us, supporting us, encouraging us, challenging us, holding us accountable, and vice versa. So, uh, let me summarize. First core is to get free. Second is to get going. But the third core is to keep focused. You see, runners, if they're to make it all the way, if they're to, as it were, finish their race well, one of the keys is to keep looking ahead, keep looking to the finish line. Came to a point on my, uh, the Rannoch Moore leg of my war, where it's almost like everything suddenly changed. It may have been God miraculously answering my desperate prayers of help, Lord. It was like suddenly the rain stopped The clouds cleared, the sun started shining. I walked several hundred years, uh, several hundred years, (laughs) several hundred uh, yards further. And as I came round the corner, I could actually see about two miles in the distance the finishing line. And so for the next two miles, I forgot about my blisters. I forgot about being soaking wet because I had my eyes on the prize, as it were, on the finishing line. And here the writer of the Hebrews is saying this. Look ahead, keep focused, not so much to the finishing line as to the one who has already gone ahead and finished his race. Listen to these wonderful words. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour besides God's throne. And he's saying here, just like the runner needs to keep his eyes ahead, so we need to keep our eyes fixed and focused on Jesus. Somebody who is the son of God, but he is also, was and is a perfect human being. He's somebody who knows what discouragement and loneliness and fear and worry can look like. These things came at him, and yet it says that he, he pressed through all of that. He p- pressed through the pain and the shame of the cross. He went all the way through for us, and then he received his reward. He received the place of great honour at God's throne, where he is now ruling and reigning as our great high priest. And so our call is to keep focused on him, Firstly, to learn from him as our great example. But secondly, he's not just somebody who's gone before us. He is now alive and by his spirit, he's present with us. So we can be strengthened by him. I love these words uh, earlier on in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven. In other words, he's run his race and he's now (laughs) right there seated before the father. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And then here's the conclusion. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So how do we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? Well, first, I want to encourage us to do something daily. You know, ever since I became a Christian, uh, just trying to work out, 37 years ago, almost every day I started my day with Jesus. Right now, midst of these winter months, you know, for me, it's get quick cup of tea, uh, light the log burner, and then as soon as possible, I get into the Bible, I get into prayer, and every time I do, I refocus my attention on the Lord. I maybe get rid of anything that I've sort of woken up with that I'm worried about and get fresh strength and purpose for the day. But I've also found that as I've journeyed with Jesus over these years, that as much as I can, I like to take time during the day, maybe little prayer breaks or time just to reflect on the Word so that I can keep my eyes fixed on Him and keep moving forward. Now, maybe you're just starting out on your spiritual journey and you've never really kind of got into reading the Bible or, or prayer. Can I encourage you? There's so many great helps right now. You know, there's a great app. There's the YouVersion Bible or there's the How to Read the Bible in One Year by Nikki or Pippa Gumbel. Many of us are doing that. Can I encourage you, whether you're starting out or whether you've been on the journey for years, let's, as it were, get our devotions in line, a daily devotions uh, uh, for the rest of the year. So that's something daily. But also I want to encourage us to do something weekly, which is what we're doing right now. Let, let, let me exhort you, wherever we're at, let's commit this year that we are going to come together and we're going to worship together as a, as a whole church family. Whether it's online or increasingly in person, there's something about uh, this discipline of coming together to seek God and worship together. We realign our lives. I mean, I found over the last few months, even online, I found the number of times on a Sunday morning, something about just singing and declaring these songs and hearing the word helps me realign my life and helps me keep my focus on Jesus. And part of our worship is that from time to time we take communion. This is something that Jesus encouraged us to do. Uh, we, we read in the Gospels how um, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he um, undertook a, a, a Passover meal with his disciples. And it came to a point where um, he took the bread and he broke it and said these words, do this in remembrance of me. This was symbolic of his body that will be broken for them and us. And then after supper, we read how Jesus took the cup and he said this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And that double repetition, in remembrance of me, Jesus saying is one of the ways that we keep our focus on him. One of the ways we remember him and what he did for us is through communion. So that's what we're going to do. If you'd just like to uh, get your bread and wine or juice ready. But before we do, I want us to prepare ourselves to take communion together. It, it may be that you have certain weights 
that you're carrying. And this is an opportunity for you to offload those weights on the Lord. Or there may be some sins that you need to confess. Some areas of compromise. You want to step back and you want to get realigned to the Lord. You need to ask his forgiveness. Maybe you're not yet a Christian and you want to invite the Lord into your life. So wherever you're at, why don't you just sort of open your heart before the Lord. He knows where you're at. And let me just kind of lead us in a, in a prayer together. Father God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to come, to live, to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you that you raised him from the dead, that now he is our merciful high priest. And Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you now. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for enduring the pain and the shame of the cross. I invite you now to come into my life. Come and forgive me. Cleanse me from my sins through your blood. Free me from weights and burdens. I give to you worry and fear and anxiety and discouragement. Come in by your spirit. Strengthen and free me in your wonderful name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that for the first time, uh, there'll be an opportunity for you to just let us know so that we can help you on the next day of the journey. But for all of us now, I want to encourage us to, to take communion. Why don't you just take the bread? This represents Jesus' body broken for you. He was scourged, he was wounded, that you might be strengthened, you might be healed. Let's take this together. And now let's take the cup representing his blood shed for us. That means that we can have forgiveness and new life both now and for eternity. Father, thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. And now let me pray for us all. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your forgiveness, your healing, your freedom, your strength to fill every single one of us by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that where we felt weak and discouraged, we'll feel your strength and your encouragement that will enter into this year knowing that your Spirit is with us, knowing that Jesus has gone before us. Father, we submit our lives to you and I ask that you'll bless every single one of us Fill our hearts and our homes in Jesus' wonderful name. Well, so great to um, celebrate the start of this new year together in this online service. Our final song is Graves into Gardens. Uh, why don't you just stand if you're able. You might want to lift up your hands and let's almost sing out and declare this as a declaration to start this new year well. God bless you. <laughs>